In our world, uh, the thought of travelling is no big deal, is it? I mean, people love to travel. Just ask Doug, he's been over to Canada and back in a, in a week. My goodness. Whether it's interstate travel or overseas travel, the thought of travel is no big deal. But it hasn't always been the case. In fact, it wasn't long ago that travel always seemed to be for the wealthy, something the wealthy did. In Jesus' day, things were more or less the same. People didn't tend to travel just for the sake of it. The major journey, of course, for the people of Galilee was the annual pilgrimage from Galilee to Jerusalem, about a three- or four-day walk. During the walk, they would tell stories, stories like the great trip the Jewish people made, the Exodus, as well as many other great stories of God dealing with his people. I suspect that Luke had this in mind as he tells of Jesus' plan to set off to Jerusalem, where he would fulfil his exodus. Travelling in obedience to God, in, in obedience to God's call, is one of Luke's central themes. You only need to read Acts to see that play out. Following in the footsteps of Jesus is what it's all about. But what does the call of Jesus mean to you? Is it something you heard long ago and it's sort of now faded away as the years have gone by? Or is it something that you hear anew every day? Well, this morning we're going to look at a passage from Luke's Gospel where the call to follow Jesus rings out loud and clear. And we'll see a number of different responses to that call. Jesus had a clear sense of purpose. He knew that the time was short and it wouldn't be long before his work was complete. And he also knew that that work would come to its fulfilment in Jerusalem. So we're told he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem to fulfil God's plan for him and through him for all of humanity. As he starts off, he approached a Samaritan village and so he sends messengers ahead. The word here could also mean angels. Luke wants to remind us that this is indeed an exodus. In Exodus 23.20, God sends his angels before them to guide the people into the land. Now, if you know anything about the relationship between Jews and Samaritans, you'll realise that Jesus going into their village was in fact a very gracious thing for Jesus to do. You see, you see what he is doing is including the Samaritans in his mission. He might well have bypassed them. But no, he sets out to stay with them, to include them in the fulfilment of God's salvation plan. But what's their response? They reject him. 
So, here we see the first type of response to Jesus' call to follow him, to join him on the way to the cross. One response of people to the call of Jesus is rejection. The danger of rejection is that Jesus will let us have our way. He never forces us to accept him. He just goes on to another village. In other words, if you choose to ignore the call of Jesus, he'll let you. Also, don't don't get too excited about the response of James and John to the rejection of Jesus. What they are doing is they're referring to Elijah when he was in a similar position in the Old Testament. Um, You could read that in 2 Kings uh, 1, 10 to 12. But Jesus' response to James and John is saying that his journey is not a triumphant march, sweeping aside all resistance. His is a message of love, of grace so strong, so wide-ranging and so surprising. Many will find it shocking. So Jesus moves on. And as walking down the road, somebody comes up to him and says, I'll follow you wherever you go. Here's someone who recognises Jesus as a great leader and who wants to follow him. But the only trouble is he hasn't really thought about it. He hasn't thought about what following Jesus means. It is a superficial desire to be on the excitement of Jesus' mission without considering the cost of commitment. But Jesus doesn't want superficial commitment. He wants deep commitment based on a clear understanding of what following him means. So he says, Foxes of holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Elsewhere, he'll tell, he tells his disciples that following him means taking up their cross. That is, being ready to die for the sake of Jesus. The call to follow Jesus isn't an easy thing. It involves being at odds with the world, possibly at great cost. He then turns to another man and says, follow me. This man understands what Jesus is asking, but asks if he first be allowed to go bury his father. The obligation to bury one's father was regarded by many Jews as the most holy and binding duty of a son. But Jesus says that that too is secondary to following him and announcing the kingdom. Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. The the priority of commitment to Jesus comes about not just because Jesus is Lord of all, though that's a good start. No, it also comes about because people are dying. When he talks of the dead burying the dead, he's saying those who haven't heard the gospel are as good as dead. They need the gospel to bring them back to life. What's the point of caring for your father if, if he ends up eternal death? A much better way to care for him is to proclaim the kingdom of God to him. To tell him of Jesus' offer of forgiveness and of new life. The same applies to our 
next door neighbour, our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, nephews and nieces. Telling them the good news of Jesus is by far the best way to care for them. Finally, another person comes up to Jesus and says, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at, at my home. This sounds like, to me, this sounds like a pretty reasonable uh, sort of request, doesn't it? I'm ready to sign up, but first let me say my farewells. To this person, Jesus gives what seems to be the harshest response, the harshest response of all of them. He says, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. He seems to be saying, this call is so urgent that you don't even have time to explain to your nearest and dearest where you're going. The challenge is to move forward. The journey with Jesus comes through very clearly in the analogy with ploughing the field. Now, I'm pretty sure none of us have ever tried uh, to plough a field behind an oxen or behind a horse. But it is important that when you plough a field, the furrows are straight. It's not easy to get them straight. But if you turn around and look back over your shoulder, then you're going to go a bit crooked. It's like singing a song. When you sing a song, you can't worry about whether you sang the last line right. You've got to concentrate on the next line coming. When you go on a journey, the map you need is the one that tells you where you need to go. Not one that tells you where you've been. The call to be single-minded as a servant of God never ceases. Jesus' words maintain their relevance throughout our lives. No one who puts their hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So the question comes home to us. Where is Jesus asking us to travel? Not yesterday, but tomorrow. How do we respond to Jesus' call at this point in our lives? You might be one who rejected, who's rejecting his call to commit. One who's just going through the motions. If that's the case, then heed the warning of this passage. If you reject Jesus, he might just let you have your own way. Are you someone who hasn't really thought through the cost of commitment? If you are, then be aware that commitment to Jesus entails committing all you are and all you have to his service. Have you taken on board the priority of Jesus' call over all other calls in your life for your time and for your energy? And having made Jesus' call the first priority and finally, have you committed yourself to Jesus for life? Are you prepared to continue as he serves until your last breath?
The rewards of service to Jesus are great. But the demands of that service are equally stringent. So my prayer, my prayer this week, is that you and I, we all will be people who are totally and permanently committed to serving Jesus and proclaiming the kingdom of God to those around us. Amen.